This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, the big victory over the New York City FC up at Yankee Stadium is over, but we are just getting started here on the Mainland Podcast. I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. Joining me is Dave Rowe. Dave, how you doing? I am extremely well, as one would be after a away win, an OCB win, and a pride draw. So it was a fantastic Monday. It was an outstanding weekend for the entire club. We're very, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to roll into work uh, with the purple shirt on, feeling pretty good about yourself on Monday. And uh, Orlando City going top of the table, courtesy of a pair of Kyle Laren goals. It's one of those games where you, you knew it was going to get, uh, you, you were going to get a good shot from New York City, and they, they came, they brought it, got a lot of opportunities, a lot of corner kicks, a ton of corner kicks. Oh, it was ridiculous. Uh, they they got the ball forward quite a bit and had a lot of the possession. But, you know, Joe Bendick was equal to the task on, on most of what they threw at him. And, and really, again, only a handful of really dangerous opportunities for them. And, and David Villa made one of them pay off that didn't even really look that dangerous. Um, but, uh, you know, Orlando got, got the first goal with the, a beautiful give-and-go with Rivas and Sutter, and uh, beautifully weighted ball for Sutter. Sutter put the perfect ball out for Laren, and he couldn't help but touch that home. Yeah, and what I really liked about it is, uh, of course, that was, you know, Sutter's second assist, uh, you know, uh, one last game, one this game. Mm-hmm. But uh, the whole um, whole team defense, whole team attacks, you know, to have your uh, your right back up there serving it in for your, uh, your striker uh, is, is really nice. And Sutter, of course has that mentality of getting up the field. You know, you can see that he wants to do that. Um, and now that he's settling in and he and uh, Johnson on that right side of, or, you know, their communications picked up, he's, he's able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's been, that's been great. And then of course, where the other assist came from? Well, just flip sides of the field and let uh, Toya bring it up the left instead and, and serve it in for Kyle on the other side. Yeah, great ball in from Toya, uh, puts it up over the top. And, of course, uh, Wallace, a little bit bigger player, I think, than Matarita, who usually plays in that spot. And, uh, you know, Kyle Aaron had no trouble uh, shrugging off Wallace and getting up and and heading that past Sean Johnson for the second goal. Huge goal because I really thought at 1-0 the next goal would be sort of what decided the rest of the game. And, And with Orlando getting that second goal, you know, it, it enabled them to, you know, to kind of play a little bit more relaxed and, and uh, you know, knowing they had a little bit of cushion and, you know, they didn't stop playing by any stretch of the imagination. But then New York was forced to chase them and Patrick Vieira was making defense for offense substitutions. And, you know, there, there was opportunity to, to get a, a third off a counter, but uh, Orlando City was never quite able to, to get the right bounce or the right uh, pass to spring that uh, that counter to to kill the game off and of course when Villa pulled one back you know it made for 
for some uh, some nervy moments at the end. But uh, Joe Bendit came up big once again with his great positioning and made a good reaction save. He knew where to be, and he he uh, read the play well and denied David Villa, David Villa for uh, you know the the attempted equalizer. And I think that New York really would have loved to have come out of there with a point, uh, but. Um, you know, Orlando City said, uh, no, no soup for you. And uh, we're getting three points. And we're going home to our fortress to play Colorado. Well, typically when you have over 60% of the possession and you have 12 corner kicks, uh, you're going to feel pretty good about your chances. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Orlando did exactly what Jason Christ wants them to do, which is, uh, you know, whether you have the most of the possession, whether you have all those corner kicks, that doesn't matter. If you were taking if you were making the most of the opportunities you have and scoring the goals when you have them, which they did, um, then, you know, that's going to win you some games. Um, uh, speaking of Joe Bendick, I, we've seen it from him time and time again. I mean, coming up big, uh, seemingly every game that, that game, that save should be uh save of the week. Uh, if, if it's not, then, um, well then, then, it's not the Bendick award anymore, which it was after last season. Uh, but you know, regardless, uh, a great team win. um, everybody played for everybody. Everybody was up and down the entire field. You know, speaking of, uh, Giles Barnes, you know, statistically, if you look at, you know, his numbers, it was not that great. I mean, you know, seven passes and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he shouldn't have, been doing you know uh, contributed but he was out there you know he was on parallel the whole time he was forcing them to to take the ball wide he was doing all those other little things that are not that don't show up on a stat sheet but are huge in a game like that yeah we're going to talk to him actually in a bit but uh, he was he was all over the field and i think he he has shown that he's more than just a striker of the ball. He's more than just an offensive player, an attacking player. I think we he's kind of known for that in MLS. But he's he's shown that he can he can play a defensive game. He can get into passing lanes. He can make life difficult. And the thing I really like about him is that he, he when he gets the ball on his feet, he can take the pressure off by keeping it for a, you know several seconds and, and, and dribbling a bit and and take on, mm-hmm. taking on defenders and that kind of thing. So anyway, you know, there's so many good performances we could we could sort of single out from the game, but who was your man of the match? Uh, my man of the match this week is going to go to Kyle Laren. Uh, not only did he have uh, two goals, uh, one of which, you know, the second of which, you know, you talked about, you know, Wallace being big. Well, Kyle Laren is no small dude. So, uh, you know, he worked that one well, positioned himself and, and got the goal, but that's not even the reason that he's my man of the match. Um, he was doing, you know, we just talked about Giles doing the, uh, the other things. Uh, so did Laren. I, you know, I, I remember, you know, watching with a friend that came over to watch the game and and pointing out that Laren, you know, made a uh, a run from the the top of the box all the way back to the midfield, trying to get a ball back uh, that he had lost. Mm-hmm. And you know, just that that effort. Um, and and he did it all a game. You know, everybody did. But um, you know, you put that on top of the two goals, he gets my man of the match. Yeah, I thought he was more involved than he was against the LA Galaxy. He found more ways to contribute, and, and credit to him for, for staying active in the game and, and making the most of his two opportunities. Actually, very close to having a hat trick. He had a good chance there toward the end mm-hmm. that uh, Sean Johnson had to go down and, and make a diving stop on. So, uh, you know, Kyle is also my man of the match. Could have gone to Bendick, could have gone to a lot of other guys, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give it to Kyle this week and be unanimous. I think that's three weeks in a row we've been unanimous on uh, man of the match. So All right, we're going to have to stop that. 
Yeah, we'll put an end to that. So anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll have more on, um, you know, the, the upcoming opponents. They'll come home to play Colorado Rapids this weekend. We'll have more on that uh, later on in the show, as well as our conversation with Giles Barnes. Um, the MLS Players Union dropped the salaries today, and of course there's no surprise that uh, Kaká still ranks number one in uh, in total compensation in MLS. A- any surprises to you on that sheet? Um, no, not really. I mean, well, uh, no. Uh, Kaká still at the top. Um, we would have heard if 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 somebody had, had unhorsed him in that manner. So, yeah. uh, I, you know. I'm not really surprised there. Uh, I am. I am. It, it's unfortunate that some of these guys uh, make as little as they do, uh, given that you know they are providing us with such uh, great entertainment. But I'm hopeful that the ones that are down there, it's just because you know they're new. They'll their salaries will grow, and mm-hmm. uh, you know they'll they'll earn the bigger money. Yeah. Um, some of them are, are young kids, and obviously the. The one that stuck out to me was uh, just um, what an incredible bargain the club got for Donnie Toya, who's in the 70k range, and you know, you know, he's he's, making, he's earned that through six games. He's making what an accountant <laughs> makes, uh, you know, not an average accountant, uh, not even a really top end of the line uh, accountant, but he's uh, he's really been a, a a find for the team this year, and I know that, you know, whenever Orlando City played Montreal and he was playing there, he he made life difficult, and, and he has been really tremendous. He was uh, partially culpable, I guess, on the on the goal that Via scored, which was an amazing goal. I mean, let's not let's not kid ourselves. Not not no. many, not many players in MLS make that goal from that no. position on the field and and everything. But um, you know, he's been he's been pretty dang solid, and he's had to go up against some really really good players early in this season, including Jack Harrison twice. Well, I'll, I'll look at it this way. Um, he's already earned his salary through six games, so the rest of this season is him uh, earning a bigger, fatter paycheck. Yeah, so hopefully he's he's playing for uh, for for more money on his next contract. But uh, yeah, no no big surprises. Uh, you know, good good uh, good raise for a couple of players. Um, you know, a little bit of a pay cut for Seb Hines, who we have yet to see this year. And uh, you know, it's it's always I just always find those things interesting. It's it's. There's always guys getting overpaid. There's always guys getting underpaid. That's the nature of the game. It's not just pro sports. That happens everywhere. Guys make more money than they should, and some guys make less money than they should. Because mm-hmm. life isn't fair. It's, let's just get that out in the open. I, I know everybody thinks it is, but it's not. Wait, are you breaking that story? <laughs> it's a breaking story. Life breaking not story. fair. Life not yeah. fair. You heard, it, you heard it right from Michael Citra, right. ladies and gentlemen. We are the first to report that, I believe. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I think we should uh, fact check that, but yeah, you know. well, you know, we don't, we don't spend too much time doing that. No. Um, I don't think we need to. Nah. So also the, uh, the Orlando pride, as we mentioned, they had their home opener this weekend and, uh, we saw the first appearance of Marta in, uh, in Orlando pride purple this weekend. She, she got in the game for about the last half hour, a very good game against, uh, a Washington spirit side that, that really came to play. They played very hard. They were very hard to break down. And I think a lot of people see, you know, the players that have left that organization, uh, the Allie Kriegers and the Crystal Dunn's and, and the Diana Matheson's and, and that, and say, well, they're, they're a terrible team, but they're not. The Washington spirit actually have a very good team still. Yeah. And, and I think they're, they're not as good as they were and they may not make the playoffs because only four teams do, but I think they're going to be a middle pack team. And, 
and, and they are good defensively. I, Orlando Pride only scored one goal in the two games against them last year. Uh, it was Sarah Hagen in the home game, and uh, and only and have already gotten one <laughs> against them this year uh, through uh, you know the podcast bump. Danica Evans uh, getting her first professional goal. Yes, she did. And uh, once again, the podcast bump coming through for uh, the uh, Orlando. So I guess we can expect, uh, since uh, Giles is going to be with us uh, today, I guess we can expect him to score the goal uh, this weekend. Oh, uh, nice. yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, so we're, of course, we're very happy for Danica uh, getting that goal. And that was, you know, excellent goal. Uh, speaking of Marta coming on, um, after she did, you could tell there was a little bit more step in the attack, a little mm-hmm. more confidence. And that's her being in town for 48 hours. Um, just not a, even. <laughs> just imagine once she actually has some time with the people that she's going to be on the field with and has, you know, be able to communicate with them and learn all their names and whatever else, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, that I, I think that that bodes well. Uh, not that we're surprised. Um, but that, that bodes well going forward. Uh, obviously we're, we're glad she's here. And then, uh, I also want to, uh, give a little attention to, uh, Ashlyn Harris, who, uh, was solid as always. Um, you know, yes, she gave up one, but she also had some, some other excellent saves. Not Mm -hmm. once again, not that I'm surprised. Um, you know, she's a, at this point starting to become a world-class goalie and, uh, you know, uh, well, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, she could have maybe done better on the goal. She punched uh, the cross in, and, and it um, it didn't travel far enough, and it was able to shoot. You know, was able to be headed back in goal just under the bar, and it was an unfortunate goal. But um, it was nice to see the pride. Uh, you know, they they came back. They were able to respond and get the draw at home. And that fourteen thousand people, I think, were were ready to explode if Marta's uh, stoppage time uh, shot hadn't just whizzed inches past the goalkeeper. Uh, I think you saw just a glimpse in, in that game of what Marta can do. She she actually started that play by getting her foot into a passing lane and deflecting a ball, uh, and it and it uh, you know was immediately uh, given back to her, um, and she was in uh, basically alone down the left side. Didn't have a great mm-hmm. angle to shoot at, but sent the keeper the wrong way, and just wasn't uh, quite able to to get it on frame. And she really rude that. <laughs> She rued that uh, moment after the game. She was she was beside herself. Oh, she she wanted that so much to to score the game winner in her first game, and she came so close to doing it. But you could really see her quality, and she oh yeah, she I think she had a seventy six percent passing accuracy in her first game, at playing with players she had never played with really before. Had barely met. I yeah. mean, let's let's be honest about it. It's kind of a hi, yeah, I'm on your team now. Okay, let's go play. <laughs> she was asked about the the tying goal, and she was. It took her a minute to remember Danica Evans' name. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So it was. Yeah, she hadn't been in, in town very long. She had a lot of commitments. Uh, Tom Sermani had a, a, a real, you know, conundrum when to bring her on, and uh, he he finally said, you know, uh, I'll give you a half an hour. She, you know, to her credit, you know, Marta said, it, it's your call, Coach. Whatever you feel comfortable doing, and you know, that's refreshing from a star player to get that kind of a. A response that you know she just basically said you know however however you feel like you should use me you know that's the way you should use me and and uh you know tom put her on and and you know he made the right call putting danica evans on because i thought that jasmine spencer had a really tough game and and yeah. um she she's through two games now i think i don't know if she's pressing a little bit but uh she seems to 
have had some issues in the final third. And, and I know she has in the past, but I think it, it, it seems a little worse this year. And I don't know if that's, again, maybe because she's taking more on her shoulders and trying to be a leader and trying to do more than maybe she should. But, um, you know, it was, it was nice that the, the rookie could come on, come in and be the first player from the, from the 2017 NWSL draft to score a goal. And also the uh, uh, first member of the Pride to be on the podcast. I just want to point that out again. Uh, <laughs> in regards to Marta, I mean, I guess what what we are saying is, uh, you know, given the limited time frame, all the other commitments she had to go out there and play that well, uh, that uh, don't worry, listeners, uh, give it another week and gosh, it might even be better. And she was already pretty great. So mm-hmm. that's uh that's something that uh, we can all look forward to and and uh, and and feel pretty good about. Well, they're going to need her to be better because uh, they're going to play North Carolina on the road, and that's if you don't are not aware, that's the same team that won the championship uh, in yep. Western New York last year before relocating, and they just beat Portland Thorns last week. So yeah, that's no. Not uh... really an easy, there's 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 I mean. It's not an easy road trip in the league, but I mean, starting out at Portland and at the defending champions, that's pretty tough uh, to go up against those two right off the bat in the first three weeks. Especially when you're not full strength, so. Yep. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, we got Marta will probably be starting, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. J- uh, Jamia Fields got uh, hurt a bit and had to come off, and um, it actually made the team better because Allie Krieger moved out to her more natural right back position and, and she was able to get a lot more touches of the ball and, and get forward and get involved in the uh, in the middle of the pitch and it really helped the pride maintain possession so uh, we'll see if Jamia is uh, is healthy and good to go we hope she is but we also kind of hope that uh, at least I do that that Tom decides to put Allie out wide and, and put Laura in the middle with uh, with um, uh, Alana Kennedy yeah that uh, I'm in agreement with you there uh I'm a I'm a big uh, believer and advocate for putting players in their natural positions. Absolutely. I think that, yeah. I caught, think me it, having, it, caught me having a drink there. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's okay. Anyway. I thought you would go longer, but that's okay because no, it, it, you're right. I, I mean, I think that there's a chemistry between those three Australians in the back, right. and you know, Ali Krieger can play with just about anyone on the planet. So I think if you have that four in the back, which is kind of what I envision going into the season. Um, you know, then it makes your team stronger. Now, I, I understand why Tom did what he did. Jamia is is a is a quick player. She's got good movement. You figured she could get forward, and that's a good way to get her involved. And and I think that it was a it was a good idea. And I think it still could work. But I think through the first game and a half there, where it, it just wasn't quite coming together. And I think you know when things don't quite come together, go with the familiar. And I think Allie Krieger is about as reliable as it gets. Yeah, without a doubt. And to finish the thought that I should have finished to give you your time to take your drink, uh, <laughs> when you've got your players in your national positions, um, they're more comfortable, um, which uh, allows them to to pick their head up and, mm-hmm. and look around, uh, make better passes, make the better decisions. And um, then that allows that, you know, communication between players, which then builds into, uh, you know, working it out of the back better. It, it just everything builds from that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if we're able to do that, or if any team is able to do that, then that's going to be that's going to be to their advantage. Absolutely. So uh, the Pride get a draw. They get their first point of the season, which, you know, it's better than no points. And uh, they did have to rally to get that point. So it's good to see a little resilience 
and uh, they have not yet been beaten at Orlando City Stadium. Um, and then uh, in the nightcap on uh, Sunday, not really much of a nightcap, started at 4 o'clock, OCB went out to, uh, to Bethlehem, and uh, oh, little town of Bethlehem, and they defeated the Steel uh, 2-0 on a pair of Richie Larea goals. And now if you're not familiar uh, with Richie Larea goals, it's because he had not scored one as a professional until Sunday, and then he scored two of them. Um, it was nice to see because OCB didn't start that. I mean, they started the game okay, but then most of the first half, they were really getting rocked, really back on their heels. And Earl Edwards Jr., uh, I think he might have been like a mutant and like just <laughs> like sort of like Dr. Octopus or something was blocking things that I didn't think human beings could block. I mean, he was amazing. And uh, all he did was keep his team in the game uh, throughout the first half. It went into halftime uh, with with no score. And then uh, in the second half, Larea came out. They, 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 they settled things down a little bit in the second half. They started to find space and attack with a little bit more. Uh, rhythm and precision, and it was really, um, it was nice to see Richie Larea finish because he's, you know, I've seen so many of his shots that have kind of spun weakly off his foot, or he's tried to pass the ball into the, and just not gotten anything on it, but he really thumped both of those strikes on Sunday. Yes, he did, and, uh, you know, getting that uh, first pro goal in the 49th minute, um, well, of course, we were all happy to see that. Um, going back to uh, Earl Edwards Jr. He is uh, for OCB this year. He has been outstanding, and I, I know that you know you might look at the record. Okay, the losses and that, but in all of those games, even in the losses, he did a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and he did a lot in this last game as well. Like you said, I mean that first half. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you know if if our listeners are able to go look at our internal. Uh, our communications between the the staff here. I, the comment I made was, Edwards is keeping them in this game. Yep, he really he really did. I mean, he was he was outstanding, and, and that was reflected on the the USL Team of the Week. Uh, both uh, Richie and Earl made Team of the Week this week, and no surprise. Uh, Earl was actually very good at Harrisburg, keeping that to uh, mm-hmm. keeping Harrisburg down to one, and and and, and allowing the team to get off uh, out of there with a draw. So, you know, OCB. Three-game road trip, they go 1-1-1, one, one, and one, and that's not too bad. I'm pretty sure that on this very podcast, we said, hey, if they're able to go 1-1-1, one, one, and one, we're going to call that a really successful road trip. So here we are calling that a really <laughs> successful road trip. That's uh, right. This is a picture of us, or a rec- sound recording of us, saying that's a, that's a successful road trip <laughs> for, for Anthony Pulis' boys. Uh, it was nice to see. Um, in fact, Albert Dequa could have scored a goal. They, they had a, a play where uh, the referee did not play advantage and the very next touch of the ball was yep. Dequa getting there first and putting it in the net. So uh, that was unfortunate that he, he lost out on a goal, but uh, it was nice to see a, a multi-goal road victory with a, with a clean sheet. And uh, you know, now the uh, OCB's played a couple of more, they're kind of the opposite of Orlando city. They've played, they're in they're They're about, I think they were seventh after the weekend. So they're in the playoff position. Of course, again, it's early. But they have played seven games. Most of the teams in the Eastern Conference have played fewer games than them, whereas the MLS team has played fewer games than basically everybody. Right. So they're a little bit on the other end of it. But they do get a two-week break after this uh, this Thursday, the upcoming game against uh, St. Louis Football Club. So uh, Thursday night at the uh, at Orlando City Stadium. Go see them play. It's not that expensive, and, and it's it's good soccer, and you're going to get to see players that are going to play for the MLS team uh, in the near future. 
if I was in town, I would go. Unfortunately, I'm stuck up in Tallahassee, so I don't I don't get to make that one. You're um, not stuck. You got you got a transportation. You could get out of there anytime you want. That's true, and I <laughs> I could probably get down there by 7:30 when the game starts. I might get fired from my job, but it might be worth it. I mean, you know, get to see the stadium. Just take some syrup of Epicac with you to work and just throw up in front of the boss. He'll send you home. He'll just send you. He'll make you leave. He won't even let you stay. So That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> so. And that's we're not saying that that's good advice for you listeners, but yeah. we also are not necessarily stopping you if you are of an adult age. That's right. We're not going to prevent you from following that as if it were advice, but it's not advice. It's not advice. That's right. So. And I'm not saying that I have actually done that in the past. That is not what I'm saying. That is not an admission of guilt in any no. sense of the, the, the way for uh, Michael's uh, bosses at all. Absolutely. All right. So um, good weekend. Uh, a draw to start. Two victories to finish it off strong. And, um, you know, we're back at it this weekend. with uh, We have the OCB on Thursday. We got Orlando City and Orlando uh, Pride both on Saturday. Unfortunately, both starting at 4 o'clock, Dave which is uh, unfortunate for everybody involved, but... Um, DVR! Yeah, you're going to have to do that again. You're going to have to figure out that Go90 thing, I think, for uh, for the for the Pride game, because I don't <laughs> think this is... I think this is the first non-game of the week of the, of the season for them, so uh, that one might be a little bit difficult. You might just have to have it open on your phone while you're at the Orlando City game, I think, is what you have to do. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to have uh, one on the iPad and one on the phone while I'm at work trying to uh, do my job. But, you know, the sacrifices we make. That's right. All right, so why don't we get to our, uh, our special guest this week, Giles Barnes, and we'll do that right after this. All right, joining us on the Mainland Podcast this week, very happy to have with us from Orlando City, uh, Giles Barnes himself. Giles, how you doing tonight? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Doing great. Uh, thanks so much for for being with us here on the Mainland Podcast this week. Um, you know, it was uh, it, it's it's probably seems like you haven't had a chance much to catch your breath since arriving from Vancouver, but uh, you know, already uh, I think fitting in really well with what Jason Kreiss is doing. And and um, I think I wanted to start out by asking you, you know, about starting at New York City. Uh, you know, Matias was was suspended and and coming back off that suspension, but but, you know, Jason said, you know, we've been successful with this guy. We're going to keep him in here and uh, and give him the start. How, how, you know, how did that make you feel? Yeah, you know, um, obviously as a competitor, you want to come in and, and you know, get the ball rolling and, and get into the starting level as soon as possible, you know. And I feel I've taken my uh, my chances when they have came. Um, you know, i just got to keep on working hard every single day. But, you know, I'm going to keep on echoing this. And I think it's our team ethos this year. It's literally about the team. You know, you've seen how good we are at home. Uh, we prove that we can do it on the on the road, and it's important that we keep that team cohesion, everything together, and that everyone pulls in the same direction, and not uh, trying to be, you know, for the one man, but more for the 23-man squad that we have. Yeah, Giles, we've noticed that the whole um, defend as a team, attack as a team uh, mentality that you guys seem to have, um, it, it, with all the new additions, for that to come together so quickly, um, is there anything... Uh, what, what is it about this group that has enabled you guys to do that? Um, you know, I think Jason and the staff have done a great job of getting a bunch of veterans that are still hungry and still have things to prove um, to themselves, to the league, to the fans, to everyone here, and people that are hungry to succeed. You know, uh, when I first spoke to Jason, uh, he knew 
my hunger and my desire, you know, and I'd seen how the team was being built and structured in the off-season, you know, the getting in Jonathan Spector, you know, I played against Specky a lot of times in Europe, playing against people like Will Johnson, and then you add that, the, the talent that you've already got here, you know, Christian Higuita, Kyle Lahren, you know, Carlos Rivas, uh, Tommy Redding, there's just, there's, there's, too, there's too many names to, to, to round off, you know, and it's great that there's a, a bunch of us guys that, you know, we feel we have to kind of take the mantle and, you know, push the team and push our thoughts in in that direction, the same as the coach. Um, and the young lads have just taken to it, and you know, and they're flying at the moment. You know, Giles, it didn't take you long to endear yourself to Orlando fans. Uh, you get out on the pitch when, when Chicago's down on opening day, and one of your first touches of the ball is a, a beautiful back post uh, cross to, to Kyle Lahren for the game's only goal. That uh, Can you just put into words your emotion about about that moment? You know, um, I've had quite a tough time in, in Vancouver trying to settle. So, you know, coming to somewhere new, a different environment, you know, obviously getting to play on a, a grass pitch again was something that was so key to me. And, you know, Jason showed the, the belief in me um, to, to bring me here, you know. But coming on for such a player of Ricky's caliber, um, you know, there's a there's big boots to fill, um, you know. But I, I try and work off, you know, if I, can, if I can work as hard as I can, uh, good things will happen. You know, my father always told me the harder you work, the luckier you'll get. Um, so, you know, I've always kept that kind of mentality and obviously stepping into the game. That was my only thought. This is do this for the team, work my socks off, you know. And, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, you don't really have to replay the goal over and over again. But, you know, Carl, uh, Carlos has rolled me the ball. And I've seen Carl back post, you know, and me and Carl have been uh, good friends off the pitch for a while now. Um, so, you know, it's, just a, it's a good understanding. And, you know, it was a great way to open up the new stadium. Uh, well, I can tell you, we all enjoyed it. Um Obviously, you've uh, you've come on and you've been very successful early on with uh, Orlando City, which uh, we appreciate. And the, the team is having some early success. Um, what are you attributing that to? Um, you know, is there anything in particular that you guys are are doing, whether it's uh, formation, training, et cetera? I think it's all of that, you know. But the the key word you used there was team, you know. Uh, as I said, Jason's done a great job of getting a group of guys together that are pulling in the same direction, and you know we're <laughs> we're all out there for the same cause for the for the for the same reason. You know, we don't call ourselves a team; we call ourselves a family, and that's how we treat each other. Um, and I think that's showing. You know, when times are tough on the road, you know it was tough for the last 15, 20 minutes in uh, in New York. Um, we stuck together, we rode it out, and you can see everyone's elation after the game and how happy and what it meant to people. You know. Um, and that's because we're all fighting for each other because we do treat each other like a family. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because uh, I was just thinking to the end of the Philadelphia game when, you know, the club was was defending for dear life. And, and just, you know, I think every team thinks they're um, a, a team that's close knit and a team that's um, passionate. But I, I really see a, a different level of passion from this year's Orlando City team. Um, you know, particularly at the end of games when you when you're closing out one of those tough one uh, you know one goal games, uh, how close is this team? And is you know how does it compare to some of the other places you've been? You know, uh, it's funny you say that. I've been asked the question um, a couple times. You know, everyone kind of refers back to the Houston Dynamo 2012 team that Dominic Kinnear managed. It was my actual first six months there. Um, and, you know, that team was a, a successful team because of the organization the drive, the leadership that came from the coaching staff and the manager, and it bled down into the veterans that took hold of the group. And, you know, I think Jason has done here. Um, he was very successful at Salt Lake as well. So he knows what it takes to be a winner. 
um, he's still a competitor, and that's amazing to see, you know, especially after the success that he's had. Um, and he's hungry. So, you know, when you've got a coach with that kind of passion, drive, that's still meticulous and, you know, wants to nitpick every single detail but still wants to allow you the freedom and expression to play, it's, uh, it's infectious. And I think that's what you're seeing for this group, for definitely. Well, um, speaking of family, uh, I know you've played a lot of different places, a lot of different stadiums, uh, and I want to get your impressions of, of and, and you even said it uh, in an uh, interview, the, the Fortress uh, and, of course, the supporters uh, at Orlando City. Um, how is that impacting uh, you and the team? You can't really put it into words. You know, it's, it is our Fortress. It's our home. You know, this is our city, not just the 11 to 18 players that are in the, the squad of the day to the 23, to the staff, it's the whole city, you know, and that's what we're trying to achieve here, you know, we're, we're trying to make and give this city something it deserves, and you know, when you've got the fan base that we do, they deserve nothing but the best, so that's obviously something that's always in our mind too, it's always something that said, one of the last things before we go out, you know, we do this for our city, for our stadium, for our fans, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one big family, and you know, we're hoping to bring the family success. You know, Giles, I think one of the things that surprised a lot of people was the work rate that you put in defensively. I mean, everybody likes to score goals. Everybody likes to get get forward and take shots, and, and you've been able to do that. But, you know, just tremendous work rate defensively. And is this an opportunity for you under Jason Christ to, to show that side of your game? Yeah, I think so, you know. Um, you know, as a professional, you always think you're hard done by you know, by people saying that that's not something that I'm really known for. Um, I, I think that I think that's for sure. But you know, obviously moving into the the wider areas and playing wide left, um, and you know, playing in a, a central midfield diamond, you have to do a little bit more. You know, At other teams I've been at, I've been a lone forward or a, a free roll. You know, mm-hmm. so I've not really had to have that much responsibility. Um, but you know, if you go back to when I first came over to MLS, I came as a central midfielder. So I'm used to box-to-box. I think just over the years, obviously playing for Jamaica, people have kind of, you know, really labeled me as a, a striker now. But now they're seeing me back out wide and, you know, back in the middle of the park. So you're actually getting me to see, you know, be that two-way player again. You know, it's, it's, it's actually really nice and, and refreshing um, that people are actually mentioning that about me, you know, because as I said, you know, I, I kind of live by the quote, the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And I believe that that's what this team is about. You know, hard work and, you know, we'll get the results. And also get that lady luck um, as well when uh, when we are up against the cosh. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, being back in the midfield, and uh, the uh, of course, uh, coach has, has reinstituted his uh, his diamond formation in there. Um, it, it looked to have a little bit of a, a growing pains early, but the last uh, last two games, it's uh, seeming to come together more. Uh, is is what is, what is your impression of, of running uh, in that diamond and how the team is adapting? I think it's been, you know, nothing has ever glitchless, but I feel it's been pretty smooth. You know, um, obviously we started the season in the kind of, you know, uh, 4-2-3-1, 4-4-2, whatever you want to call it, you know, but Jason knows how he wants to play football. He knows how he's had success and he's realized that he's got a group of players that can be flexible. Um, you know, and, and play in different formations. And you have to keep other teams guessing. Um, it's a long season. Um, the, the one thing you don't want to do is get figured out. And, and that's what the boss has, uh, has really 
got in his head, you know, that we can play different formations and play different ways against different teams and there's different pieces to the puzzle that can play in different positions. And it keeps teams guessing, it keeps things fresh. Um, you can change things when you're on the pitch. Um, but, you know, the, the change to the diamond is, uh, I think it's been good. I think we've got more control of the ball from early on in the games. Um, but, you know, towards the end of the game, sometimes we sit into a 4-4-2. Sometimes we go into that 4-2-3-1 again. Um, so it gives you that flexibility to, to flip and flop. Now, Giles, you mentioned that the harder you work, the, the luckier you get. But I have to say you were you were pretty unlucky in the L.A. game because you had two really, really good chances that just <laughs> just got blocked at the last second. And yeah. you know, how does how does Jason um, or does Jason ever even talk to you about, you know, keeping your head up and, and keeping you going when, when the ball is not going in the net? You know, I think, uh, you know, people know me pretty well. I'm, uh, I never get too high and I never get too low. So I know that it didn't go in last week, but there'll be another one that comes and flicks in off the back of my shoulder. And that'll be the makeup one, you know. Um, uh-huh. I've not got any fear about going and taking shots. There's no, um, there's a, a bit of like frustration that I haven't scored, but it's not a, an anxious frustration. It's that anticipation of wanting to score, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, Jason's great with me. Um, he has been from day one. Um, he's got a lot of confidence in me. Uh, you know, and the, the more I play and I think it's just going to keep shining for him. Now, uh, we're looking uh, forward to uh, the return of uh, Kaká back onto the uh, the pitch here hopefully soon. Um, what do you think, uh, what's that going to do to the team dynamic uh, when he returns? You've got one of the best players to ever grace the earth at your disposal. Uh, I think it, it's pretty much self-explanatory. Just, uh, you know, seeing the name Kaká uh, and mentioning it with our organization and our family, it, it, it's going to put fear into into people. Um, but, you know, I don't need to sit here and tell you Ricky's, Ricky's attributes. Everyone's seen it for the last however many years. Um, but having him at our disposal is definitely going to be um, a huge weapon and a fantastic, you know, boost for us. If, and we're already doing really well. So to add him uh, into our artillery is going to be incredible. Now, before we let you get out of here, Giles, I just want to ask you about Colorado this week, a, a very difficult team to break down. What have you seen from them, and, and um, you know, what kind of a match do you expect, and, and, and who do you see yourself uh, you know, uh, going up against this weekend? You know, um, Colorado, they're an organized team. They've got a manager that um, really emphasizes on defending. Um, they've won a lot of games 1-0 you know, over the last couple of seasons. Um, but, you know, as I said, they're, they're, they're coming to our place. They've got everything to worry about. They've got everything to fear. You know, we're going to prepare exactly the same as we prepared every single week um, for, you know, for the last five, six weeks. Um, and we're going into our setting. We have no fear. So there's really nothing to uh, to put ourselves to, to get worried about. we just got to concentrate on our game plan and how we're going to impact them when they come to our field. All right, Giles Barnes has no fear about the Colorado Rapids this weekend. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for, for being with us on the Mainland Podcast, and best of luck to you this season. No, thank you very much for having me. I'll come on anytime you guys need. Well, it just will about do it for episode number 83 of the Mainland Podcast. I don't know if I mentioned that at the top of the show, our 83rd episode. And uh, what a good one it was. We want to thank Giles Barnes for being with us. 
And uh, Lucas Casas of uh, the Orlando City Communications Department, thank you for setting that up. Giles was an awesome interview, and I, I really uh, enjoyed uh, listening to his his takes on uh, how together this team is. No, well, not only that, but he has that excellent accent going on, which makes us, you know, sound lame in comparison. So we, you know, that was nice. But no, uh, Dave, uh, all kidding, we, all we are lame in comparison to Giles Oh, right. Barnes. That's right. Yes, we are lame <laughs> in comparison to Giles Barnes. Not just the accent, but a whole bunch of other things. Uh, no, uh, Giles was great. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love that he confirmed for me uh, the – the closeness of the team, you know, even as new as they are to each other and, and uh, how everybody is buying in. And it's uh, it, it really spoke volumes to me about uh, the the character, not just of, of Giles, but uh, everybody else. And, and it I think it looks good going forward. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, before we get out of here, uh, we're going to talk about our key matchups for the Colorado game this weekend. And, of course, our scoreline predictions. And, um, you know, we... We wanted to, just before we do that, just to make sure that we do a little housekeeping and say, please listen uh, to our podcast every week. You can subscribe to it through iTunes or Stitcher or various other things. Um, you know, uh, please, if you like what you hear, give us a, give us an honest rating at iTunes and, and maybe leave some comments there as well, because that's how we we move up on the uh, on the listings. And uh, then it just exposes our show to to more Orlando City fans and MLS fans across the uh, the globe as it were so uh please do that and uh, of course read our stuff at themainland.com follow us on twitter at the mainland and uh you know you can like us on facebook as well so we've got all those uh those their social media things everything except myspace oh we're not on myspace we don't, we don't have a myspace page no no okay so uh anyway um so dave the colorado rapids are a very difficult team to score goals against but they don't score a lot of goals. So I wanted to get your key matchup for this uh, stubborn, hard-to-break-down team and, um, and you know, your thoughts on uh, what the final score might be on uh, on Saturday. All right. Well, as you say, they are a hard-to-break-down team, um, but they don't score a lot of goals. So uh, there is no doubt in my mind that the key match not, matchup is not going to be on our defensive end of the field, not with the way that they have been playing, uh, not just our back line, but uh, everybody from the front to the back. Mm-hmm. So my key matchup is obviously going to be um, uh, our offense, what the uh, strikers, the top of that diamond can do uh, to uh, even the midfield to hopefully break them down get in there um you know maybe it's going wide again i'm not sure but it's it's whether or not um our strikers uh and and those feeding them can get in and put us in a position to score some goals Mm -hmm. i do think that that's going to happen um i you know we're at home we're in the fortress i uh thoroughly believe that we're going to win this game typically since they are such uh, Colorado, such a uh, you know win or lose uh, by one goal kind of team, I would uh, I would typically you know say it's a one uh, one nothing win for the Lions. But uh, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to since it's at home uh, with the wall behind them, I'm going to call a two nothing game for the Lions, and I'm going to go completely away from what I did last week. Uh, Kyle gets no goals, and I'm probably shooting myself in the foot with that one. (laughs) 
But I'm going to say that uh, Rivas finally gets one in. And I say that Giles Barnes gets the podcast bump and he gets a goal in that game. All right. Well, that's uh, that's some prediction. In fact, the last time Colorado came to Orlando, it was a 2-0 Orlando City victory. And that was in, uh, of course, the Citrus Bowl, now Camping World Stadium. I uh, I agree that the key matchup is in the midfield. I, I think that it's the, the part of the problem with scoring goals on the Rapids, in addition to them having great goalkeeping, although Tim Howard is suspended, um, you know, they've still had you know very good goalkeeping even when Howard's been out. And I think that uh, the main thing is it's very difficult to get – they make it very difficult for you to get the ball into good scoring spots for your strikers. So I think – that it's the it's the setup men it's the it's the midfielders it's the Giles Barneses of the world that you know that's going to be my key matchup can they beat their man and get the ball to Rivas and get the ball to Laren in in advantageous positions that's that's the key for me I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say a one nil victory which would be I believe the third of those this season at home. Uh, and I think that the goal scorer's name is Kaká. Oh. I, I think Ricky gets on the field this week. I don't think he starts, but I think he comes off the bench in a tight game, kind of opens things up, uh, maybe gets a little give and go from Carlos Rivas and uh, finds it back in the net. Well, to be fair, the last time that he came back from injury uh, early in the season last year, he had an outstanding game. Absolutely. So uh, uh, that's uh, I don't I don't know how much of a limb you're stepping out on on that <laughs> one. I think I'm way out on a limb with the the, the Giles Barnes thing. But uh, uh, hey, you know what? This week uh, it doesn't matter which one of us is right. If one of us is right, it'll be a good result. Absolutely, and I I, I just hope that one of us is right because usually I hope that we're wrong, <laughs> and now now I'm hoping that one of us is right. So this is a, a little bit of a flip in the switch. So anyway, um, yeah, we'll find out what happens uh, Saturday at four o'clock at Orlando City Stadium, and um, you know, wear your purple and uh, scream until your throat hurts a lot, and then scream some more. And uh, we'll be back next week to sort of uh, wrap it all up and unpack the uh, the weekend that was with the, the Pride and OCB as well, and and of course, uh, you know, that's again the difficult difficult road game for the Pride OCB playing against another top Eastern Conference team. I mean, St. Louis is, um, I think they've lost their last two, but I think they started the season 3-0-1 or something along those lines. So uh, they were off to a good start. They've already played Tampa. They've already played New York Red Bulls too. They've already played uh, Louisville City. So, I mean, OCB getting the East's best early in the season, also getting their worst because Bethlehem's at the bottom. But uh, <laughs> uh, but mostly getting the best early in the season. And, uh, you know, hopefully the, uh, you know, hopefully this season, as as slowly as it started for Anthony Pulis' side, I mean, they, they may actually, um, you know, have something this year if, uh, if they continue to to come together as a team. I know it's going to be difficult with, with the lineup changing every week like it does, but it, it really looks like there's some good pieces there. And I'm, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from, from Lorea down there, uh, you know, on loan and, and from Albert Dequa and, uh, you know, Pierre De Silva, of course, is, mm-hmm. is his delivery is second to none. And of course, Earl Edwards Jr. is having a good year. So, uh, you know, if they can string together some results, you know, like they did the last two games on the road, you know, if they can bring that home and, and bottle that, that home magic that the other team, you know, the senior side has, then, uh, you know, that it might be a, a pretty good season for, 
for the young lions. Absolutely, and and I'm glad you mentioned Earl because uh, he's been a he's definitely been a monster this year uh, in goal. Uh, he's uh, you know working his magic and trying to get his way back up uh, into MLS and and. Uh, you know, he's a young man, so that's uh, certainly something that can happen later. Um, so uh, there is a lot of good good things to look at when you're looking at OCB. Uh, of course, you know, uh, Anthony is doing a, a excellent job down there, as we've said many times, doing his actual job, which is developing, mm-hmm. you know. And if he can get some wins along the way, well, then that's this bonus. So, uh, um, yeah, it, it's it's from our perspective, it's all good down there. And then... Uh, you know, I I don't think either of us could have predicted that the uh, season for the MLS squad was going to start the way it has. And I know we're both excited and happy about that. Yep, so let's keep it going. We'll be back next week uh, to talk about it. And uh, until then, you know, on behalf of Dave Rowe, I am Michael Citro of the Mainland Podcast, signing off episode number 83 the way I always do by saying, Go City! <laughs>